0: send out laborers into the harvest the reason why i picked this verse uh, for today is because this past thursday me and my buddy ulysses over here um, we were evangelizing at shurs and we by the grace of god were able to go in there have basically a worship service a message steve brought uh, the the message he preached and people got saved there was an altar call almost a whole classroom showed up there was over 30 people in that classroom that were hungry for god and wanted to get touched by him and even just um, throughout the times that we've been evangelizing there, we've reached over 800 people, I believe, from the two months that we've been there. And, I mean, the people are so open. You know, the people are hungry. They, they want to know about this God who loves them. You know what I mean? They want to encounter him. And, you know, guys, the Bible says it right here. It says the harvest is plentiful. How many of you guys are going to actually take God at his word and believe that and go out into the harvest And actually work for God's kingdom and and win souls for Christ, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, dude, it was just amazing to see God move at Schur's and and God move in that place. And I believe God's not done. I believe God has more. I believe God wants to reach out to so many more people. And, um, yeah, so I just want to encourage you guys. Go after God and and, and go into the harvest field because it is plentiful. And and the souls are hungry for God. And uh, so I'm just going to pray right now for the service. If all you guys can bow your heads. Close your eyes. Um, God, we just thank you for today, Lord. God, we thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. We thank you, God, for everything, for for all the people that you're going to touch today, Lord. God, we ask you that you would release your presence even now, Holy Spirit. God, we invite you, Lord. Would you just fill this place with your glory, Lord. God, we're here for you, God. Nobody else, Lord. We're here for you, Lord God, so would you be glorified, Lord God, in this place. Have your way, God, from beginning to end. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Good morning. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. This morning we want to introduce two new worship songs, but I want to just give a, a just little note as we do that. Whenever we introduce songs, just remember it's always about the heart. Amen. So as we sing these songs and as we learn them and as we're going to sing them more and more in the church, let's just have a heart of worship. Amen. Come on, the Bible says that the Lord is looking for someone who would worship in spirit and in truth. And let that be said of us this morning. Come on and look to your neighbor and say, I want you to worship in spirit and in truth. Come on. One. Come on, we sing a love strong. Love strung out, I am found in the flesh you made. I know that your life is a blood running through my veins. You see my eyes, my eyes fixed wide in the light of the cross again. I feel the weight drop in the wake of an empty bed. Come on, let's sing it again, love strong. I've strung out i am found in the price you pay i know that your life is a blood running through my veins my eyes my eyes fixed wide on the light of the cross again i feel the weight drop in the wake of an empty day Cause I want you, need you, I love you Jesus, my heart beats forever Just to know you let go And throw my future into your hands again See, heartbeats Heartbeats aloud to the sound of a different drum He's calling me out from the crowd to pursue the one. Come on, heartbeats. Heartbeats aloud to the sound of a different drum. He's calling you. He's calling me out from the crowd to pursue the one. Who's calling? Because I want to, I need you, I love you, Jesus. My heart beats forever just to know you Let go and throw my future into your hands Because I want you, I need you, I love you, Jesus My heart beats forever just to know you Let go and throw my future into your hands Break me down, break me down till I soar on grace and lead me through through the fire and rain. The rhythm of my heart beats wild for your endless grace everywhere. I want to, need to, I love you, Jesus. Sing it out. My heart beats forever just to know you. Let go and throw my future into Your hands. Because I want to, need to, I love you, Jesus. My heart beats forever just to know you. Let go and throw my. Into your hands. Want you on, every voice, the drums and the voices, sing it. Because I want you, need you.
2: We'll see you this morning.
1: Jesus, my heart beats forever just to know you. Let go and throw my future into your head. Sing a little louder. I want you, need you, I love you. Jesus, my heart beats forever just to you. you. I love you, Jesus. My heart beats forever just to know you. Let go and throw my picture into your hands. Because I want you need you. I love you. It's the cry of our heart this morning. Because I want to, in your own words, I love you. You just throw your life right now into your hands, into his hands this morning. Oh, we lift our hearts, we lift our worship. Come on, we came here this morning to worship the Lord. We sing, we sing our Father, Father to the fatherless, Defender of the world. the Freedom for prisoners. So sure. We see with us. Soon. Our strong God Mighty is our God And sing now Raise your hands and shout out Awesome is our strong God Mighty is our God There is no heart I every voice to sing this out. There is, there is, there is no higher. Come, let us lift up our voice like an anthem in this place. Come on, if you believe it. Sing it out. There is no higher. this place come on from come on, the Bible says when he's lifted up he will draw all men to him come on in this time of worship let's lift up the name of Jesus the precious name of Jesus no sweeter name oh no other name for which men can be saved let's lift him up in this place Jesus we lift you higher there is no one like You, Lord father the darkness cannot hide father death has no hold over our lives lift up the name of Jesus in this place worship him church come on don't wait for an invitation come on and worship him come on between you and the lord right now worship and worship pour out your heart come on there is no one like you lord There's no one like you lord we want to go deeper this morning deeper with the spirit lord deeper with the spirit lord oh deeper with what you say deeper 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 Deeper, deeper, deeper Holy Spirit bring out the deeper things of the Lord Come on say. Come on from the Father's heart Deeper, deeper, deeper There's so much in the Father's heart Deeper, deeper, deeper Oh. Take us deep, Lord Take us deeper Take us closer. Take us closer. See, the greatest gift that the Lord gives us in these times of worship is presence. Are you hearing me this morning? The greatest gift the Lord can give us in these times of worship is presence. That he's here with us. This guy we're worshiping is not far away in some distant universe, some distant galaxy looking through a telescope and like, oh, Metro Praise is worshiping this morning. Amen. But that the host of heaven joins with us. Come on. And the presence of the Lord fills this place. He's here this morning with all eyes closed in this place. I want you to believe it. Because we're going to break through and worship this morning. The greatest gift he can give us in these times of worship is presence. His presence. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're here. You're here. You dwell inside the hearts of believers. You're here. God, we ask that your glory, God, your weighty, your tangible glory would fill this place and just begin to minister to people right now God let your glory as it is in heaven fill this place as it is in heaven right now where they're worshiping non-stop as it is right now as you're seated on your throne God let your glory fill this place Holy Spirit if you're filled with the Spirit right now, cool. Let the Holy Spirit just dwell upon you. His presence is here. His glory is here. Take us deeper, Lord. Take us deeper. Take us deeper. Hey, hey. Deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Come on if you want to be filled with the spirit in this place. Come on. With the glory that comes from heaven just of who Jesus is, would you lift your hands in this place and just say fill me up. Just fill me up. By your confession and your heart wanting it. He's not holding it back. Come on. Say fill me up, Lord. Fill us up. we leave this time for the Holy Spirit to come and speak to his church but just feel the Holy Spirit doing something beautiful in the lives of believers here it's so good to worship and maybe your hearts are being awakened to the mind that the greatest thing is now who can sound the best in worship or man man they brought out the electric guitar today it's right now the Holy Spirit's here he never fails he never misses his appointments when you pray he's there Come on. And he hears every single one of you. He's not distracted by your neighbor and how much they're going through. He's not distracted what you got going on at home when your family. Come on. He's here when you cry out to him. Call on the Lord this morning. Call out to Jesus this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Come, my i Come on, any heavy hearts in this place, come on and lift your hands. Come on, he's so close. Come on, you have a heavy heart. Or maybe you just have a heavy heart for someone. Maybe you're carrying it for your family. Lift up your hands and call to the Lord. Call out to him in faith this morning. simple call but who's gonna have the faith to call for this morning and to ask of the Lord to come to come in the mist come on
3: respond to that word this morning. Father, we receive every good thing you have for us. You are a father that delights in giving good gifts to your children. You are a father who delights in blessing. That is your heart to bless, to to give life, to, to restore. You are not a hateful God or a or, or, or a God who's just angry with us and wants to destroy us. You're a God who, who loves us and wants what's best for us and you're able. Jesus, we trust you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just everyone in your heart respond to that word. What do you need from the Lord? He wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. What do you need from him? Ask him. Jesus said to parents, how many parents do we have in here? If your child asks for bread, will you give them a stone? If they ask for something to eat, will you give them something poisonous? And he says, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to his children who ask? Jesus, we receive every good thing. We trust you today. We trust in your character We trust in your character, that you don't lie. Hallelujah. How many are glad God doesn't lie? We love you, Lord, that you're honest. Jesus, you are the truth. How many are glad that God is generous, that God is patient? Amen. As it says, he's long-suffering. He could suffer with us a long time. Praise be to the Lord. That God is all-powerful and all-knowing. We rejoice in you, Heavenly Father. We trust in your character. We trust that you are good. We trust that you are love. The word says God is love. We trust it today. We believe it with all our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Just a few more moments in his presence. Ask him. Ask him. Even just a little faith. And you may feel, man, I'm so messed up. I am so messed up. What, why would God give me anything? Ask him. God responds to faith. And everything in the Christian life is by grace, meaning it's undeserved anyway. Ask Him. Ask Him. It doesn't depend on your worthiness, but it depends on His goodness. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we ask this morning that you would supply all our needs according to the riches of your glory in Christ Jesus we thank you our great big generous God we love you we bless you we trust you we carry our burdens to you we carry our needs to you if you're sick the Lord may even heal you on the spot right now I'm just saying that give your sickness to him we give it all to you Lord with the trust and confidence hallelujah you will take good care of us you won't forget us hallelujah can someone thank the Lord this morning can someone bless his name hallelujah hallelujah Jesus bless you Lord come on, come on, just 30 more seconds give him crazy praise, he's worthy you are worthy, you are worthy you are worthy, you are worthy you've broken our chains you set us free Jesus, you are worthy your blood covers all of our sins Lord Jesus, you are worthy you raised from the dead and you sit at the right hand of the Father you are worthy Jesus we love you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. we love you. We love you and bless you. I'm going to ask us all just to be seated, to keep that keep that heart with with God, you know? And stay excited for Jesus. Stay hopeful. Stay confident. We're going to dismiss our children. If you have kids with you, they're going to go to King's Kids right now. They're going to uh, do their Sunday school. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22 in your Bibles. Luke 22. We're going to do communion this morning. And uh, I, I just feel we owe it to you to explain what communion is and, and what, what is transacting when you take communion. And we just want to do it, I want to do it a little differently this morning. Not just for the sake of being different, but I want to try to be a little more biblical. The Lord's been showing me some stuff. Uh, Luke 22, 14. Luke 22, 14. As the uh, ushers, you may pass out the the elements, give them the cups and the, the wafer. Luke 22, 14. When the hour came... Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat it again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God after taking the cup he gave thanks and said take this and divide it among you for I tell you I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine Until the kingdom of God comes. Just picture this. This is the Last Supper. How many know Da Vinci's painting? The Last Supper? Okay. You have a mental image. Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table. Now I want you to picture that you are in that Last Supper. Just don't be Judas. Anyone but him. I want to be the one laid on the bosom of Jesus in that last supper. And Jesus says, I have longed for this hour. I have eagerly desired it to take this Passover before I suffer. What he's saying is, I've been really looking forward to this. Anybody look forward to something? How about the, the barbecues over last uh, Memorial Day weekend? How many were looking forward to some fun, fellowship, refreshment, maybe seeing people you haven't seen in a long time? If you're like me, you just were looking forward to the food. Okay. Jesus was looking forward to that. And he knows he's about to go to the cross. And so he's going to get it in with his disciples. Someone uh, say, tell your neighbor, get it in. He's going to get it in. With his disciples, he's going to throw down for the Passover. So they're eating, they're talking, and they're sharing life with one another. He says, I eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom. Now, here's a, here's a nugget here. We find a pattern throughout the Bible, the kingdom, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we find a pattern in the Bible that tells us when when Jesus speaks of his kingdom, he speaks of a time, you know, he's going to come to earth someday and, and destroy the wicked and set up his kingdom on earth. Amen, your kingdom come. That is in the future. But right now, the kingdom of God is the active rule and reign of Jesus Christ in the lives of his disciples. So the kingdom is here. Jesus says in another place to his disciples, the kingdom is in you. Come on. It's in you. Jesus says, I'm not going to celebrate like this until, until it's fulfilled in the kingdom. And he fulfilled it through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father. So he fulfilled it, and he's at the right hand. But Jesus is with us. His kingdom is here and we're taking communion is fellowship with him. And I do tie this with communion because in the verses that follow, he says, this is my body, the bread given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He says, this is the the blood of the covenant. This is my blood. And it's important to note that what these elements symbolize, the wafer that we use represents the body of Jesus broken for us. And so we give that special honor The juice represents the blood of Jesus spilt for us. We give it special honor. But I want to tell you something. In the early church, they threw down. Communion was not a little half cup and a little wafer. They threw down. They feasted. You know what I'm saying? They were maxing. And they would fellowship. That's what I mean by getting it in. They would fellowship. As I said, they would treat the the bread and the wine with special honor as the body and blood of Christ. But they were fellowship and they would get full They would like get food comas, but they were sharing life together with one another and they were sharing their life with Jesus and Jesus was sharing his life with them. So I want to tell you this morning, it's not just a practice in using your imagination. Just pretend Jesus is with you and you're at the last supper and you have a beard. No, Jesus is with you. He says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. His presence is in this room. His presence, his kingdom is carried with you wherever you go as he actively rules and reigns in your life. What we're going to do differently is we have a time of fellowship. Uh, we, we play the video. If you've been here before, there's, you know, some music and, you know, we, we hop around and say hi to people. I want us to take communion during that time. I want us to find like a group, maybe three or four people, it, it, people we know, people maybe we don't know. But I, also, I want us to take uh, communion in that time because we're sharing our life with each other and with Jesus. Amen. And he's sharing his life with us. So we're going to do that. We're going to have um, a couple of our leaders, Berto and Griselda, to to pray with you if you don't know Jesus. Because I'll say this much. If you want to fellowship with Jesus, you need to be his friend, not his enemy, not a stranger. Amen. And some people are not friends of God. Right? Some people are enemies of God. Some people are strangers. They don't know the Lord. And that's a scary thing. If you want to, you can take communion with this couple here, Pastors Berto and Griselda, and they will introduce you to their best friend, Jesus. And uh, Lord willing, that's a lifelong love relationship that you'll never regret entering. But we're just going to hang out with the Lord and with each other. So everybody clear on that. We're going to do the communion, just just so we're clear. No awkward moments when, when it happens. When that music plays... We're going to find groups of three and four. We're going to take communion together. You take the wafer. You see the wafer in the lid here? You take the wafer first, the body of Christ. Drink the cup, that's the blood of Christ. Do it. Pray with your friends. Talk with your friends as you do so. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. So just find people during that time. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is good. So let's uh, stand up right now. Before we do that time of fellowship and take our communion, uh, we're going to recite a confession of faith. We do this as a church. This is what we believe. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what we seek to live by. Amen. And so we're going to say this is a big family. If you need a printed copy of it, we have hard copies. Our ushers will pass them out. Just raise your hand if you like one. We'll get you one. Anybody wants a hard copy can get it. Okay. So let's say this together on the count of three. One two three i believe in one god and creator who is the father son and the holy spirit the father who so loved the world the son who purchased my salvation in his death burial and resurrection and the holy spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever i believe in the perfect holy bible that reveals god's purposes and plans for my life I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus, and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, and with the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone and for the glory of God alone. Amen? Amen? Alright, let's find somebody get get groups of three and four. Let's take communion as a big family. Amen? Come on.
2: All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Metro Praise. Please make your way back to your seat. So good to have you all here with us this morning. I wanna take this time to welcome all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. Please raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring you a brochure, give you some information about who we are. Here at MPI, we have two main services, Sundays at 10 a.m. Friday's Elevate Youth Service at 7 p.m. Elevate. Amen. And I just want to give you guys some, a quick announcement what's going on this month, this summer. We have the Borica Fest Outreach, 2014 outreach that we are taking out to the streets. Guys, it's going to be powerful. Please check out our Facebook event page if you haven't done so already. The details are all there. We're going to meet up here at the church, 9 o'clock, and we're just going to pack it up and go. Give it all for Jesus amen so Puerto Rican festival outreach Saturday June 14th and here's another announcement on June twenty seventh, 22nd excuse me we're having our baptism service here at 10 a.m. if you haven't been baptized you want to be baptized you want to be re-baptized anything like that please talk to your life group leader and let them know that you are interested in this it's going to be powerful so if you're this person please invite your family members all to come and join in this powerful experience uh, between you and the Lord amen here at, at Metro Praise we have a vision of loving God and loving people somebody say love God love people and we have a discipleship strategy of connect mentor and send we want to make sure that you are connected to jesus christ he is your everything lord of your life and once you get connected to him you're connected to one of the life groups here at the church life groups are places where we share life doing various activities so here is what we have going on this week tonight we have single men's life group which is 18 years and up (laughs) yes happening right over here with ishmael Uh, At 3 p.m., please talk to him for more information. Sunday Encounter Prayer Group happening tonight at 5 p.m. Wednesdays, we have King's Kids for babies, infants, all the way up to 11 years of age, and that's happening Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Friday, Adult Bible Study at My Place with childcare provided. 7 p.m. Saturday sidewalk counseling, Saturday evangelism. Going out to the city of Chicago and just sharing Jesus. Guys, we have something for everyone. If you want a complete listing of what we have going on, turn on the back of your announcements and you can see everything we have going on there. We want to see you guys get connected. And after you do that, we want to make sure that you get mentored. That's the second part of our discipleship strategy. We want to teach you how to walk this life out with Jesus. And we do that through our one-on-one book with an elder or a deacon here at the church. And we just want to meet with you at a time that's convenient with you and see you walk through this journey with Christ and just be all that God has called you to be. And once you graduate that, you move on to the 201 class with Pastor Jared, Sundays at 8 a.m. Yes, it is powerful stuff. People being trained up because why? God wants to send you out, which is the third part of our discipleship strategy. God wants to take you out all over this world, wherever he may place you, so that you can bring him glory. And we got a a goal of 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago, 50 churches here, and 500 all around the world. Come on. If you believe God is doing that, give him some praise. Amen and amen. Now it's time to prepare to give our tithes and offerings. We are on lesson number eight in the Disciples' Giving Book. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians 9.9 second corinthians nine nine and today's lesson is offerings can be used for charity offerings can be used for charity we know that tithing is ten percent of our total income anything ten um, percent of your total let's say you made hundred dollars what's ten percent of that ten dollars ten dollars that's your tithe. And anything that you give above that becomes your offering an offering is a gift to god after our tithes so if you're with me let's in 2 Corinthians 9 9 let's read as it is written they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever so let's read these main points when we give our offerings we should do so freely with a joyous heart because we know we are helping others in needs Number two, gifts to the poor. One of the main purposes for offerings is to help the poor. Charitable groups such as homeless shelters, food pantries, foreign aid, medical clinics, and rehabs are supported by the offerings of Christians. And number three, the temporary gifts we give to the needy will be remembered by God forever. However, the things we selfishly spend on Our money on will be forgotten in eternity therefore be righteous and give offerings to charity that will be remembered forever amen money is a tool right it's sometimes we want it we want more and more and more of it but it's a tool it's a resource something that God has given us and are we going to use it just to fill our earthly needs and things that will burn up or are we going to sow into God's kingdom into people's lives that will last for all of eternity it brings glory to God so in summary Our generous offerings that we give joyfully and freely to charity are considered righteous and will be remembered by God forever. Amen. And so if you want to apply this, you're saying, hey, I'm just new to the church. I don't really understand. Be faithful, number one, in your tithing. Just trust God with your tithe, 10% of your tithe. And number two, freely and joyfully give your offering to charity to help the needy. And then after you're already faithful with tithing, now pray between you and that relationship that you're developing with God and say, God, what do you want me to give after that? Where do you want me to fill a need? And number three, as you give, also pray for those who are suffering in the world. Amen. Please stand to your feet with me. Let's recite this confession together over our offering. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Amen and amen. So here at MPI, when you give toward the the tithe, you, you give your 10%, it goes to meet the need here at the church, paying the bills, the lights, the internet, all that good stuff, gas in the vans. And so that's your tithe. And so anything that you give after that becomes your offering. And this year, at the end of 2014, you guys know where we're going. We're going to the Philippines come on we're taking a mission trip to the Philippines we're working it all out guys Jesus will be glorified through this trip we're gonna have discipleship training seminars for pastors we're gonna go out do evangelistic outreaches meet the needs meet immediate needs for people and just give out free books and materials all that good stuff so Please, if you haven't done so already, between you and God, set an amount that you want to be faithful to and just give and trust that God is going to do something mighty through your giving. And then, so if you want to give towards missions, please circle on your envelope, missions. And then you can also give towards the building offering, and that's various projects that we have going on throughout the church that you can give to, amen? So let's recite this scripture together. Acts 20, 35, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray hallelujah god we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you for your presence in this place God, we thank you, dear God, that you never change. You're always the same, dear God. And so, Father, if people are going through hard times financially, you still remain the same. You are faithful, dear God, and you favor your people. So I just pray, dear God, for special blessing upon, dear God, every person in this place financially, dear God, in their marriages and always, dear God. Father, I pray that people through their relationship with you will grow in a heart to give, dear God, and grow with a heart to meet other people's needs. I pray that you would set amounts, dear God, right now, in the hearts of your people to meet the need for this mission strip, dear God, because we know that you will be glorified through generous giving. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Thank you so much for your giving and please come up as you give.
1: Even if the-
4: Amen. If you love Jesus, can I get a hallelujah? Come on. Can I get a whoop whoop? Amen. You know, Arsenio Hall just got canceled, but we going into our ninth season. Amen. Come on. Go whoop whoop for Jesus. Amen. I didn't get that from Arsenio Hall, though, but I think somebody got me turned on to whoop whoop, you know. So if I offend you when I do that every Sunday morning, I'm sorry. You just need to get over it and you need to love Jesus more than your offenses. One more time, if you love Jesus, can I get a woo-woo? Amen. Welcome to Metro Praise. We got so much going on in the church this season. We just want to encourage you to come out with your family and be a part of it. Whether it's the life groups, the baptism service, we're going to have an after party in the parking lot. It's going to be awesome. So, you know, just bring your friends and family to Bodiqua Fest. I mean, what church do you know of that says, let's take it to Bodhiqua Fest? Pum, 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 pum. You know, that's a little more, more Mexico, but I just want to do the pum pum bodhiqua fest. Weep-a- Dude, this gringo loves Boricua Fest. Love it. And we're giving out free arroz cocondule. So if you're a Puerto Rican mama and you want to help uh, cook some food, we'll even buy the rice if you need some help with that. So uh, uh, get a hold of Cynthia Roran. Raise your hand. See her if you want to cook that rice. Come on. And just give it out. And it's always so funny because people are like, it's free? We're like, yes, it's free. As much as you want. Because it's like, who does that? Who goes to Boricua Fest and gives out free arroz cocantules We're going to have like some empanadas. Though I know it's not totally like, uh, you know, only Puerto Rican. other cultures. But Borincans, you know, they always have the empanadas and the, the jibaritos. That's like next level. That's next level. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I didn't impress some of you, but that's okay. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just being real, you know? And then somebody's like, why don't we go to Little Mexico? Let's do it. Tell me Little Mexico days on the south side, baby. Let's do it. I'll get a sombrero. I've lost you guys now. I've lost you. I just embarrassed. The gringo embarrassed himself. Like I was there. Like I had the Puerto Ricans there. But then I saw I wasn't making the Mexican people happy. And then I tried to go there, but then they were like, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. You didn't, you didn't bring it, homeboy. You didn't bring it, essay. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Can you turn down the mic a little bit? It's so crisp and clean. This is one of the things we just bought for our building, a new mic. So thank you guys for helping us. Uh, somewhere between where we just were, somewhere right between, so a little bit higher. Matthew chapter 6, just a little bit more. We'll figure it out. Thank you. Uh, how many like the fans, by the way? Is this blessing some of y'all? All right. So throughout the uh, summer, you guys can just know where to sit because this is where it's going to be. So if you're kind of more of a typically hot person, you know, sit closer to the fans. If you don't like that and, and you like to wear sweaters and stuff in the summer, you know, then you can sit more towards the middle. Right? You know what I'm saying? So you're going to be relatively able to choose your own temperature there. All right. Is everybody with me in Matthew chapter six, verse one? Say I'm there. Amen. You know what's really exciting about this message today? About giving to the needy? Can you put up the slide so they can see it? Literally, today's message is giving to the needy. And every week, of course, we preach on offerings. That's a given. We're always going to talk about offerings. But today's lesson for offering, does anybody remember what it is? Offerings go to charity. Y'all being shy. If you got the right answer, shout it out. Offerings go to charity charity yeah you want to do that let's show off and do it go to the offering uh, lesson please go to that slide and just slip it back and forth what a confirmation today offerings go to charity was the offering lesson and now today's sermon on the mount lesson going verse by verse having no control of where that verse lands on what sunday is give to the needy what do you think god's trying to tell us today Come on, let's put two and two together. What's he trying to tell us? We need to learn to give to the needy. I I didn't plan that out. God set it up that we would put it on our heart today in two different ways. Give to the needy. This lesson and the lesson before were planned out months in advance, never to know where the two would meet, and they met here today. So let's look at Matthew. Jesus is talking here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, everybody say, give to the needy. Thank you, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the <laughs> some of y'all like that as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others, but i tell uh, truly, I tell you they have received their reward in full, but when you give to the needy, everybody say when you give to the needy, thank you, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that Your giving may be in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Everybody say, give to the needy. Thank you. That's what we're talking about today. We're in the middle of a series called Sermon on the Mount. We're going verse by verse through Jesus' most popular teachings in the Bible. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount is where he gives us the spiritual principles to how to live by. So if you're new here, I got some terms I want to give you. And number two, he's talking to disciples. Everybody say disciples. Thank you. Disciples are listeners, learners, and doers. You don't just hear it. You also listen and and obey it, and then you do it. So you're listeners, listeners. Learners and obeyers, amen. That's who he's talking to. Is everybody hearing the word today? Okay, are you going to obey what the word says? You're going to do it, amen. And now number three to help you understand this series is it's all about the kingdom of God. Uh, We're going to be getting into the Lord's prayer, I believe, next week. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to understand that that part of the prayer is actually the whole concept of this sermon series. That it's all about what God does up there down here. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture, what we see is that Jesus is basically telling us three things. Here's the interpretation. we got to practice righteous giving. Number two, we do not want to make giving about us. And number three, we want to look to heavenly rewards. So let's look at the first thing. We have to practice righteous giving. When I think about sports and people who are good at sports, what do they have to do to be able to be good at the sport they play? They have to practice, right? So does it come easy to them to do what they do? No, they have to practice that. it. maybe for Shaquille O'Neal, you know, that was like my day, you know, maybe it was easy for him to dunk the ball. But if he wanted to learn to dribble the ball, run with the ball, pass the ball, receive the ball, then dunk the ball, that was going to take a lot of practice, wouldn't it? Now, when it comes to giving, what is God teaching us here is that we have to practice it. It may not come easy to all of us. Some of us here might have been brought up and told, hey, you know what? If you don't make it happen, no one's going to make it happen for you. And don't try to give stuff away either because if you made it happen for yourself, that's all yours to keep. Some people might have been taught like that. I remember one time I was trying to get into real estate and I was calling around these different properties and I met one investor and I, and I said to him, hey, you know, I don't know much about real estate. Would you teach me? And he said, no, I ain't going to teach you. Nobody taught me and you got to make it happen for yourself. Everything I got, I got on my own. You see, there's some people like that, isn't there? That don't want to give. Now there's others of you, you just love to give. The moment you get paid, you're like calling up your friends. Hey, let's go out. You know, uh, I'm going to treat you out. I'm going to do that. How many like friends like that, you know? Maybe there's not a lot of friends in the world like that, but there are a few that are like that. I think Ishmael is like that. It's like Memorial Day, come to my house. He had almost 40 people at his house. That's a horse partay, amen? Now some of y'all had to bring your own meat because he was running out of meat, but I know you were giving away a lot of stuff for free too, Right? Yeah that's okay. And uh and of course you can only give what you have. You can only give what you have. If if you're a giving spirit, you know, you're not going to like take off all your clothes and be naked walking down the street, right? I mean there are people who love to give and they know when to say is enough you know and sometimes maybe they give a little bit too much but most of us really fall in between there we're not extreme stingy people and we're not just throwing money out to our friends every day most of us are trying to be responsible with our money we're we're working hard we're budgeting out our bills and when it comes to giving we need to practice to get better at it because we don't want to be frivolous in it we just don't want to you know say oh, offering okay They're taking a mission trip to the Philippines. Well, I made $1,000 this week. I'll just give it all away, you know, because at a certain point, you wouldn't be able to pay your bills. So you may like be like me, you sit back and you go, okay, well, I made a thousand this week. I'm gonna make four thousand this month, and how do I pay my bills for the month and give? And okay, I got this much left over, I can put some in the bank, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's that's actually honest. That's a good way to do it. And then the Bible says to pray while you're doing that, because sometimes the Lord will say to sacrifice. So let's say, you know, you're living off four thousand a month, your bills are thirty, five hundred, and you got this five hundred extra. Now God may say, I want you to give two hundred hundred to missions I want you to give a hundred to missions well that that may not come at a sacrifice but that's just generosity but the Lord may say I want you to give a thousand this month you know that goes into some of the other things you would spend your money on right so those are the kinds of things we pray about when to sacrifice when not to sacrifice how to give regularly at times when God wants us to be obedient the practice of giving takes time from hearing from God let me give you an example of somebody who became a pro at giving. Let me tell you how radical this guy got. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a pro. Okay, watch this. This guy was so radical at giving. You know what he said? Or well, really not. He said God said to him because God could trust him about giving. God said, I want this in the days when they had checkbooks. He said, I want you to take three of your checks out of your checkbook and give them to three people in your church. He was a pastor. And tell them, give whatever the Lord puts on your heart to give with his check. (laughs) That's a pro at giving right there. Now, you know you got to hear from God to do that. You know, he might have probably filled in the first line already like his church, you know, First Baptist, you know, to make sure they weren't going to write a check to themselves. I don't know. But this is the story he told me, and I know this man not to be a liar. He's a very honest man, and I know others confirmed it. And he gave these three checks. And when they each gave their own amount to God, they just said, God, what should I give? Out of his own checkbook, that was exactly what the Lord told him that he should give. Now, we don't have to pray, play like, you know, that kind of Russian roulette with God in giving. But could you be that trusting with your wallet? Because a lot of times we say, well, I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. I'm praying God to bless me. I trust God. Would you trust God enough to speak to me to give on behalf of you? Because if you're really giving what God told you to give, and I was truly hearing what God told you to give, I would be giving just what he told you to give. Now, how do you know when God is telling you to give something? Usually when it scares you. Okay? That's usually when you know that's God telling you to give something. So if the offering was coming around and you were like, you know, today, God, what should I give? And God's like, I want you to give $5 to missions, okay? That that might have been a good idea. But hey, but if you heard God, uh, thought you heard God say, give $50 to mission, and you said, devil, get behind me. <laughs> Satan, I need to go to the beach today and get some enlotes. <laughs> you know, I need to do this. Uh, chances are the $5 was just you playing it easy and the $50 was saying, how much do you trust me? Now let's think about this practice of righteousness just a little bit longer because I want to just challenge our faith. No one's perfect at it, but we're pursuing to be obedient. Imagine if you were the rich man that met Jesus. Jesus. Now, in Jesus' day, a rich man would probably be someone very equivalent to a rich person today. Wealthy people today generally have a million dollars or over in cash, not just a million-dollar home they're making payments on, but they have the availability of a million dollars at their fingertips. So if you like to watch the show The Shark Tank, some of these people have $50 million. They have at least a million dollars in cash to pull out of their account at any time and still keep their lifestyle of living and be able to do so we don't know what the how much wealth the rich man had but he probably had about that much so let's just say he had around two or three million dollars in cash along with his lifestyle of living maybe a general net worth of five million dollars now imagine this he comes to Jesus and says what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God and Jesus says keep all the commandments and he goes great I'm good at that I haven't been murdering I don't steal I obey my parents and then Jesus says you still lack one thing do what go Sell all you have and give it to the poor. Look at that. Did the rich man do it in the story, y'all? No, he didn't. You know why? Because he had never practiced giving his whole life. He was stingy. And some of you who are smart to the point are going, well, that really technically isn't the commandment, give everything you have to the poor. Ah, but it's the greatest commandment, the first one, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one in the Ten Commandments is to put no other thing before your God. So his money had become his God. He had not practiced giving. So when God told him that money had a hold on his heart and the only way money would be broken off of his heart was to give it all away, he had no ability to do it. And the Bible says he walked away a sad person, lost, still on his way to hell. Now I'm not saying that we earn our salvation by giving. I am not trying to teach that silliness here or offer you uh, free holy water and cloths for your offerings and ninety nine things. And we're not playing with trinkets and little heart-shaped diamond uh, penance. And We're not doing a televangelism scheme here. I'm just saying, are you willing to practice righteous giving so if the Lord says to you one day to break the hold of greed off your heart, you've got to do something drastic, you'll be ready and say, God, I'll do it. It. God if these things are taking a hold on my heart and you just asked me to give away my car I'll give away my car God if you've called me to go live on the mission field to go to Haiti and I know doctors and families that have had successful lives and and then God has told them, give it all up and go on the mission field would you be able to say God I'll do it we have to get to the point where we say it's not mine but his some of us love to say, Jesus has my heart, Jesus lives in my heart. Yeah, but does Jesus have your wallet? Who's who? Uh, who does the wallet belong to? Your holy backside? It needs to belong to Jesus too. Now, you're probably thinking this is another preacher talking about money. I challenge you to look at my messages and find what I preach about consistently. This is just what he said in a verse-by-verse analysis. Am I supposed to skip it? No, Jesus said that what we do with our money shows what's in our heart. He said you can't serve God and money. You'll love one and hate the other. You can't have two masters. So we can't be making excuses today. We need to rather look at Jesus' teachings and say, okay, I'll practice righteousness in giving. Turn with me quickly to 2 Corinthians 9.9. 9. The scripture was mentioned today as well in the offering, but I want to share it again. Jesus said, Be careful. Not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen. As you're turning to Second Corinthians 9, 9, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, what does pastor want me to do? Give a big offering and announce it to the whole church? You know, there's some churches that are like that. You know, I've been in churches where when the offering comes forward, they actually read off the name. And Sister Barbara's given 100 today. And this is old school, by the way. I was in the south in New Orleans for nine years. So I don't know if that would happen in Chicago. Somebody would walk up there and take it back and be like, you ain't doing that around here, man. You ain't doing that. That was a little bit of Miami too, but you ain't doing that, man. Taking that back. Right? So imagine us saying in this church service, we're going to count your offering in front of everybody. That would be kind of wicked, right? It would be, it would be the wrong heart. But I want to ask you a question. When you give it to God, is he honored because he sees it? I'm not practicing it for you. I'm doing it for God. Is God honored? Let me give you an example before we read 2 Corinthians nine. 9. When we started this mission fund for the Philippines, raising $20,000 this year to go to the Philippines, we asked people to pray about whatever they could give above their tithes to do this so that we would still continue to pay our bills and go to the Philippines. Because if some of you are like, hey, I want to stop tithing and start giving to the Philippines, we would be all like uh, having church on the streets going, oh, but the Philippines, y'all going to get some nice stuff, you know. So we had to have both. We had to keep our church here growing and have money for the Philippines. Y'all tracking with me? Okay. And instantly, God gave me a number. Now, I'm a pastor. I don't make a lot, you know. And and I'm thinking to myself, how in the world can I give this as God has told me? You know, because it scared me. It was one of those numbers, you know. There was like some zeros on it, and I was like... Oh, God, (laughs) because I'm, like, smart enough now. Like, I'm not going to say it's the devil anymore. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's the devil. I'm not going to listen to that. Like like the devil's going to tell you, you know, give $500 to missions. Come on. The devil ain't going to tell you to do that. Why would he know the devil's going to tell you to get $5 to missions, right? And Once again, it's not an amount. It's a heart. Amen? Come on. It's not the amount. It's right here. It's in your heart. Maybe $5 is everything to you. So don't get caught up in the amount. I'm just telling you what it was for me, okay? Just, just an example. And I'm not telling you the amount because I want it to be between me and God, but I'm just giving an example, okay? So... God gives this amount to me and I'm like, like, no. Oh man, like I don't know if I can do this, God. What am I gonna do? Like, and I've always told this story. Like, when God tells us that stuff, the first thing I think of is my kids are gonna be like walking around without no pants on and just diapers dirt all over the face, eating ramen noodles, and then somebody's gonna ask them, Why are y'all broke, busted, and disgusted? Because my dad gave everything away to missions. And I don't want my kids to hate missions. Be like, I hate those Filipino people. They took my pants, they took my bike. I want to go back to the Philippines and get my bike back. (laughs) We can't buy you a bike, little Lucas, because I gave it to the Philippines, you know? So I'm getting scared. I'm like, Lucas, he ain't going to have many clothes and all these different things. Literally, not tax return, not an offering here, but just somebody in my life said, God told me to bless you, Pastor, with this offering. And literally half of it, it was double what I was supposed to give to missions. I was able to give half of it away, clear off my 2014 mission pledge in December. Are you all tracking with me? See, what I believe God is trying to get us to practice to do is to let him do big things through us. He wants to do big things through us. He doesn't want us to be wealthy, to make it rain up in church, you know, like you coming down. I won't make it rain, pastor. You throwing up hundreds in the air, you know. No, he's saying I want to bless you to be a blessing. So as you're having your dreams of success and promotion and whatever you're doing, God says, will you dream that with my kingdom? So as you're thinking about that promotion, are you thinking about giving more as well? Uh, you know, God, is, God knows you have to take care of your family. So he's not saying just give it all away to the church. But he is saying when you're getting it, when you're receiving it, is the kingdom a part of that? Is it your first desire? Is it what you're really wanting? Because the Bible says after everything's said and done, all that matters is God's kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Look at this scripture. Here's Paul talking. As it is written, 2 Corinthians 9, 9, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. So it wasn't like, a, like let's, let's pretend like, no, here, we're doing it right here like this. Let's pretend like this is your money right here. Hold on to this, okay, and hold on to it tight. And it's like preachers like, give it to the poor. Give it, and it's like, you know, come on. No, thank you. Freely given, freely given to the poor. Is that your heart today? Or do you got to practice at that to get better? I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I'm still practicing. When God told me to give to missions, man, it was like, oh, come on. You know, it didn't, the first reaction in my heart wasn't, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to do that. No, the first thing was like, what in the world is going to happen? And then God's like, you know, take it easy. It's okay. I got you. Because when we dream big with God, it's really his name that's on the line. It's not me. So let's say one day I, I got that in my mind. You know, I made up that number if that was just me, God would tell me, he would teach me, he would say, son, you got to start at this level, you know, be happy giving this much. But if that came into my heart, and I knew it was God, because it's part of my relationship with God, how many hear God's voice when you pray? Okay, that's a good thing, right? We hear God's voice. So he talks to us about things, right? And it's more than just simple things. Sometimes it's deep things, you know, what's going on in your heart. So when he talked to me about finances, I mean, I knew it was him. And I knew if I trusted him, he would make a way. Let's go back to our notes. Practicing righteous giving is number one. That's what Jesus said we need to do. Number two, we don't want to make giving about us. Don't make it about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. Think of it like this. God is giving you your portion for you to have, but he's also giving you a portion for others to have. Think about that. Not everything that God gives you is meant to stay with you. Hey, it gets quiet when I preach like this. Not everything God gives you is to stay with you. Some things God is giving to you to go through you. Okay, so let's think about the Philippines mission trip. There are many places to give offerings, but I'll just use the one that we're specifically doing right now in this church. Let's say Philippines offering. We need to raise 20000 in 12 months to go there to bless them, to help them. And by the way, we were planning this trip before the tsunami came. Now that the tsunami came, it's only a confirmation that we need to be there to help and to continue to rebuild. I was a part of Katrina Relief in New Orleans, and for years they had it to rebuild, and the Philippines got it much worse. Okay, so let's just think about this. Do you think an angel is going to come from heaven, chip off some gold off the street of heaven, and give it to them? And go, here's some gold, pawn it, buy some stuff, Filipinos, here you go. No, how is God going to meet the need of the Filipino people? Through us. Do you know that much of the world's wealth is in America? Did you know that? I'll give you the statistic right here if you give me just a moment. I have some at the end I want to give you. But I believe it's upwards of 80% of the world's wealth is in America. America is a wealthy nation. We may not be like that rich man that has a million dollars in cash on hand, but do you have more than a couple pairs of clothes? You're doing better than a lot of people in India and China and different parts of Latin America. Do you have your own car? Do you have your own bedroom? You're doing better than many parts of the world. Today, when we look around the world, we see that America is a rich nation compared to the others. So compared to the Philippines, what does an average person there make a year? What, maybe $500, $1,000? I know in India, it's less than $1,000 for the whole year that an average person will make there. That comes out to less than $100 a month. What have you spent on entertainment this month? Comcast? Do you need that to live? But that's your offering to entertainment, is it not? Do you need iTunes? Do you need to see that next release of that movie for ten ninety five? The ticket, ten dollars for the popcorn, ten dollars for the pop hello. Some of y'all breaking the rules, sneaking in there with all your snacks in your wife or girlfriend's purse. I don't care if they catch me, they can throw me out. They charge too much. I'm going down with this peanuts in my, my purse. They can take me down if they won't. Eighty percent of the world's wealth is in North America. Giving's not about us. It's about others. Many of our families came here from other countries because we knew this was a land of opportunity. In the early 1900s, my heritage from Italy, uh, my Italian side, came here. My Polish family came here, now three generations later, tada, here I am. I'm half Polish, half Italian, love me or hate me, but here I am. My Polish side, I repeat stuff a whole lot of times. My Italian side, I repeat it really loud. It's like, I get it, Pastor, I get it. But we came to this country for economic blessing, did we not? But how was America established? If you have a dollar bill or any kind of currency, what does it say on there? In God we trust. Is our nation staying faithful to that or have we begun to trust in money instead of the God who creates the wealth? God gave us this talent. God gave us this ability. God made our ground to be rich and fertile. God gave us our ability to come here and to be creative and to invent. God has given us a system of government that gives people freedom and the ability to be entrepreneurs, to have and spend money. How dare we now be selfish? How dare we not help the rest of the world for whatever reason it is they suffer the way they do? How dare we to judge them instead of help them? Did you know that, just for example, the Philippines was invaded in World War II? Haiti is a nation born out of the slave trade. Many of the nations we go to, like India, were occupied by the British government and made a slave-enslaved people. China was ruled by dictators still to this day. The people who live there can only have one child or they're fined or put in jail for having more than one. That's why the abortion rate is so high. See, how dare we judge what they're going through? We need to help them and pray for them and serve them. There's almost 80 million Christians right now in China. We need to send offerings and aid. We need to help these places like Haiti and the Philippines. Are you with me? We need to care about others. Now, is Jesus saying that he doesn't care about you? No, he does say he cares about you. He said in the verses before, remember in the Beatitudes, he said up there, blessed are the poor in spirit for." is the kingdom of heaven. He says, I care so much about you. I'm not just giving you dollars. I'm giving you myself and the glory of heaven. He says, it's all yours. All that is mine. I give to you. That's what he said. Ephesians says, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Amen. He said, when you give, it's given back to you. So God says, I got you. I'm taking care of you. But do you care about others? Do you care about them? Now, right at this point, you're probably saying, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed now. Okay, I I only got a few dollars to give. What do I do? Well, that's where you pray and you find a place that you can give and make a difference. You cannot, you can write this down. It's good to remember. You can't help everyone, but you can help someone. You can't help everyone, but you can help someone. You couldn't give us all a ride home. If you got a car, you couldn't give us all a ride home today, but you could give somebody a ride home today. You can't bring everybody over to your house for lunch, but you could bring over somebody. You can't give everybody a free gift card at your job, but you can give somebody one if they've been a friend to you. You want to share your love with them. You can't help everybody's kid go to college, but if you've got extra money, you can scholarship a kid from the neighborhood. Why are we always looking at what we don't have instead of what we have? God has given us enough to start with, to be obedient. Let me give you another example how it's not about you. I remember one time we were raising the money for the chairs you're sitting on right now. And these chairs cost about $44, you know. and You get a couple hundred of them, you know, 100 times $44 is $4,400. That's a lot of money for chairs for y'all just to sit on right now and be bored. Are y'all bored? No, y'all happy, amen. So we had to pay all this money for the chairs, and I remember we were about $1,000 short. And I just remember coming to the youth group, saying to them, hey, guys, you know, we're about $1,000 short. I know that you know how to pray, and you can help us in any way that you can. You know, just the church is trying to do it. Little did I know that someone in there had had a tragedy in their life. Their father had passed away, but yet he had left an inheritance. And this young person, think about this, a teenager, Said, Pastor, I'll give a $1,000 to help you buy chairs. Why? Because she said, it's not about me. She said, it's just not all about me. She understood, I can go get new shoes, I can go get new jewelry, or she said, I can do something about this church. And still today, that young girl's offering is still being blessed here because the Bible says offerings bring thanksgiving to God. You read the rest of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It brings thanksgiving. You're thankful you're sitting on a chair, not on a floor. Amen. You're thankful for the fan and the air conditioning. That's because people are giving. You're doing that. And when visitors come in, they're thankful. And when we go to places like the Philippines, they're thankful. And and we have a person here that works at a drug rehab, Teen Challenge, one of the best in the nation, Jared. And we're going to have them come in September and perform and we're going to give them the best offering we can. Guess what? That's us being grateful and saying we want to help people because it's not just about us. And thirdly, the Bible says here that we're to look to our heavenly rewards. That there is a ledger in heaven that God is keeping on our behalf. He's not trying to bribe us. He's not trying to say, okay, just give a whole lot and I'll promise you a mansion up here. No, but what he is teaching us is you're going to be up there a lot longer than you were down here. So don't let this have your heart. Have your heart up there. Because that's where you'll be a lot longer. What's longer, a million years or 80 years? How much, are you going to be in heaven longer than a million years? But only here for about 80 or 90 years. I love the old saying, and it's true you never see a U haul following a hearse to a gravesite, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. So what do we do putting these three points together? Number one, we look at that the practice of righteous giving is supposed to be in our life. Don't sit on the bench and say, this is not for me. Look up to the top, please. Number one here, this is what I'm reviewing. We are not to say, well, I'm poor. I don't have anything. Do you know that when I'm in India, they still give offerings? Why? Because they want to give to God. They want to practice it so that when they get more, they'll be used to giving more. Sometimes people say, well, when I get a million dollars, then I'll tithe off a million dollars. Give a 100000 No, you won't. You're going to give away 100000 Think about that. No, you won't. Because you can't give a dollar off your 10 right now. You can't give 10 off your 100. Why is it you expect that things will change? It won't. Practice giving now. My dad did financial planning uh, for the last part of his life. Now he's retired, and he said that it would bless him because he can't influence his clients, you know. It's just a business relationship, but it would bless him when he would sit down with Christians, and they would say, Pastor, this part of, uh, or uh, Jim, this part of my inheritance, I want to go to my church. He said "Multi-millionaires would incorporate their tithe into their inheritance. Praise God. You may not have that today, but you have what you got. Would you be faithful in that? No one's counting your offering, but God's counting and and looking at your heart. God is looking at our hearts. Are we giving our best, or are we doing it for others? Are we looking to heaven, or are we just looking at earth's rewards? Let's go to the application, and then we'll get ready to close out. The application is this. Number one, give your tithes and offerings to God. I don't have it in notes, but it's supposed to say tithes as well. Number one, tithe is 10%. The Bible says that's the same for everybody. So we give 10% back to God. How many believe he deserves it? Amen? How many of you would like it if he switched it around, wrote in the Bible, I get 90, you keep 10? Amen? So be happy with 10%. That's what he said. Amen? And if you want to complain about it, give him back his air then. Because it's his air you're using to go on your, well, I made all this money. I'm a self-made person. No, number one, you are a self-made mess. You are a sinner. You are deserving of hell. And and what did you make? What did you make? A couple dollars. God made the world. God made your lungs. He's asking for 10%, not for his sake. The bills are paid in heaven. He's giving that to you for your sake so that you don't love this stuff down here. That's why we give it. Amen. We give it away because what we give away doesn't have a hold of our heart. We're saying I can give it away because it's not in here. You'll see how much people really care about stuff if they can't give it away, you know? When it comes to material things, don't give away your kids. Like, I love Jesus, give away my kids to my neighbor. Don't you do that. I'm talking about material things. Oh, like, you got young people up here. I love Jesus. Give away your new Xbox One. Let me see how much you love Jesus. See, give it away to an inner city youth program. Oh, I love Jesus. Give away your new car. See, that's, that God will ask you that. Let me just pause right here and be real serious because as a pastor... These things have got to be basic to me because God asked me to do other things. And one time the Lord asked me to go to the pa- uh, Pakistan to use our books over there to train people. As a matter of fact, 500 of our books just went to Pakistan because of your offerings, and some of you remember that. Well, I was getting that visa for Pakistan, and while that was happening, some of you know the story, some don't, so please bear with me. While I was getting that visa I was also doing apologetics with Islamic people here in America. And I was studying and I was writing a book. And the book is back there now. And I started watching DVDs. And one of my friends who's really into the uh, Islamic apologist movement here in Chicago said, If you're going to understand the extreme sides, you need to watch the beheadings. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to watch it. And I wish I didn't because it scarred me. And I would definitely say don't to all the young people here. Do not do that and to anybody. Really, it is, it, is, it is horrifying. So I watched these Muslim extremists with their hoods on, screaming out Allah Akbar, sawing off missionaries' heads, sawing off soldiers' heads, sawing off people's heads. It wasn't acting. It's not funny. People getting beheaded. He said, you need to understand what the cost of Christianity is in other countries. Well, I started applying for that visa to Pakistan and all I had in my heart was these beheadings. So I'm walking around my neighborhood in Harwood Heights and I'm saying to Jesus, I don't know if I want to go here to Pakistan. I have a wife. At this time I had two children, you know, thirds on the way. I think Nancy was pregnant with our third. And I said, God, who's going to take care of them if something happens to me? Because we ended up finding, not at this time we didn't know yet, but where was Osama bin Laden? What nation was he in? Some of y'all know history. It only happened a few years ago. Where was he? Pakistan. I knew that it was a hotbed of persecution there. I knew because I was talking to our people. And I'm walking around going, God, I don't know if I can do this. And God said, Tell me why you can't do this. And I said, Because I'm a father. I've got kids. I, I got a church. And you know what he said to me? Who gave you that church? Who gave you those kids? Who gave you that wife? I did. And he said, if I ask for it back, am I not worthy? And I think about the missionaries, the Movarian missionaries in the 1500s. They saw the slave trade going on with the people from Africa being brought all the way to these Caribbean islands and being left there and being treated harshly as animals. And they asked the slave traders, could they go on these ships to these islands and establish churches? And the slave traders with wicked, sinful hearts said, these people are animals. They don't even deserve the gospel. Then two of these Molverian missionaries, one with wife and kids, and one single, said to one of the slave owners, "Then will you buy us? Give the money to our family, and then we become your slaves." This true story: the Molverian two missionaries, a movement, and John Wesley, the Methodist, were inspired by these men and what they did for God in their generation. They had twenty-four hour prayer. These two Molverians sold themselves in slavery, gave the money to their family, and were never seen again became missionaries to a people that those around them didn't think they even had a soul. And as they were sailing off, their famous last words to their family on the grounds there as they were sailing on the ship was, the lamb that was slain will get the reward of his sacrifice. The Lord, the lamb that was slain, deserves the reward of his sacrifice. If he laid down his life for souls, we'll give our life for souls. So you see, when we're talking about practicing tithes and offerings, it's really just a reflection of what we're saying in our heart. My life belongs to you, God. And if this place becomes like China, and it's illegal to be a Christian, or like Romania during persecution during the communist regime, you can read about Richard Wombrand and tortured for Christ for many years, being brought to Siberia in solitary confinement. You're saying today, I give my tithe, I give my offering because my life belongs to God. And if I ever have to give my life, I'll give it freely because it's not mine that's why when god chose two competing things for your life it wasn't god and sex it wasn't god and, and anger it was god and money because money defines your lordship over your life who's in control where do i live what do i buy what do i spend who am i in this world esteem notoriety prestige money defines all of it and god is saying which master do you serve so we give faithfully in ties 10%. Whatever I make, I give 10% back to God. Live off that 90%. Now that 90% in prayer, I say, God, what do I give back? Sometimes he says hundreds, thousands. Sometimes he says, whatever, I have to do it to, to be obedient. Do you want to be obedient? Say amen. amen. Number two, don't give to get attention. Give because you love God and people. Amen. I'm tired of seeing everybody boasting right now about different ministries and stuff. I'm happy that churches have what they have and we got what we got, but it almost looks in this Facebook culture like people are competing. Well, we, a thousand seat we ble- beat, uh, built a thousand-seat B- sanctuary. We built a built. Lord help me. We built a 1,500-seat sanctuary. Well, glory to God. We built a. Th- th- My whole thing is all of y'all didn't build nothing. Jesus built his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I didn't build this. God built this. And I know there's good churches building. Don't get me wrong. I am just saying I am tired of churches with innuendos trying to say my God's bigger than your God. No, if we're all Christians, it's the same God, baby. He just broke you off this allowance today. He's going to break me off something tomorrow. Amen. I don't hate. I celebrate. So God did it, and I love to just, just to see, to check their heart, just to check their heart. All you got to do when you got a friend, like, oh, I go to church, my pastor's so cool, he's got a TV show, we got like 2,000 members, we just build a big church. Just look at him and go, isn't my God awesome? See, put it back on you. Isn't my God so awesome to bless you like that? My God always blesses people like that. See, flip the script. And then, and then if they go, you're God, no, no, then it will expose their heart because they honestly think they got something you don't. It will expose their selfishness. But if they go, amen, then they're understanding the big picture. He's not just yours or mine. He's our God. And he's a great big God who wants to bless his people. And there's many rooms in his house. And he wouldn't lie and tell us if it wasn't, amen. And there is a place for me, praise God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Ain't my God good. (laughs) Ain't my God good. Look at your neighbor and say, my God! My God! God. He ain't just your God, baby. He's my God. Woo! (laughs) Number three, I'm getting excited up in this place. Ask the Lord to bless you to be a blessing. We don't have time to go there. But Genesis chapter 12, the establishment of covenant between God and Abraham shows us what wealth will always be used for for all of the time wealth is here on this earth until the kingdom comes. Wealth is about establishing God's kingdom. Your family is a part of God's kingdom. That's why he wants you to be blessed and to have enough to give, to have an inheritance, he says, for your children's children. He wants you to bless the church at the time, uh, you know, then it was a temple, a synagogue in the G- Jesus' day. God wants you to be blessed so that others can receive blessings. That's just the way he does it. And number four, thank God for the chance to be a giver for his great and impress- uh, precious promises of heavenly wo- rewards. He did not have to include us in this great uh, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. He could have just left us out. Like I said, having angels knock off jewels and gems from heaven, bringing it down to earth. Think about it like this. When the children of Israel were in the desert, they didn't have anything to do with the manna, the quail, and all of those things. And it was just God supernaturally, supernaturally, supernaturally. And it could have been like that the whole time. But when they got to the promised land, God gave them the blessing of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping see isn't that amazing that god gave you talent and ability so that you could work hard and receive and work hard and receive that's a that's the blessing of humanity song of solomon says that man would work hard and enjoy the fruits of his labor and his family that is a great life and sometimes it's hard sometimes like economic hardships come but we still stand on god's promises You know, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you're like me, because as a pastor, I suffered when the city suffered. But if you're like me, you went through that recession, and today, you're maybe getting back on your feet, and you know what it's like to be grateful again to have a job. It's almost like when you hear somebody complain about a job, you just want to be like, shh, shh. No, you don't know what it's like to sit in your pajamas for six months with Manny staying on your shirt. You don't know, shh, you don't want this job. We'll get four other people here. You don't remember Hello, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Job's a good thing. It ain't a four-letter word. J-O-B, it's a good thing. And I thank God he's given us gifts and abilities and talents. Man, there's, there's nothing I love more than to hear the people of this church being blessed and encouraged through what they're going through. No one here is saying it's always been easy. Nobody is saying that we've all had it on a yellow brick road. Even people who have received wealth from their parents have suffered and gone through hardships. I don't know if you keep up with this, but it's a weird, fun fact. But the guy who owns, I think, WWE lost $100 million in one month. I don't know if anybody saw that. See, a couple of you. He just lost $100 million. You thought it was bad losing your job. This guy lost $100 million. Now, you may say, well, he's still got $900 million more. But the point is, once you have it, it's hard to lose it. You have $10, you lose one. It's hard. So we've all, even wealthy people, have gone through hardships. No one in this life is free from the love of money and the grievance that it brings at times. So what do we do? We thank God for the chance to give, to see a bigger purpose. And I just give you a practical challenge like this. All of you all got wonderful things in your house that this uh, summer you may want to have a garage sale with. I challenge you, give it away and tell me what is the difference in your heart. If you can't, that's fine. Maybe, maybe you need the shekels from it. That, that's okay. Nobody's judging you. I'm just saying, you go to your closet. You got some winter stuff to give away. You got some old toys. I just challenge you. Find somebody in this church, in your family. Give it to them and say, God bless you. And see the difference that makes in your heart than setting up something in your yard, getting 10 cents on it. I'm telling you, your $50 from that garage sale ain't going to be worth the blessing you have in your life. I promise you. I just want to say try it. Amen. Come out with us to Boat Fest. We all love to eat all those con Amen. For those who don't know, that's just rice and beans Puerto Rican style, right? But give it out and tell me which one feels better. Some of you are going to be like, well, that's close, Pastor. I don't know. I like eating it too. But I'm telling you, give it out and watch the joy that it brings on somebody's face. Watch the parents bring their kids, and you just give it to the kids, and they're just so thankful. To ha- I'm telling you, it will bless you more than you having that spoonful yourself. Vinnie, would you come to the keys as we close out? I want to give you some stats to think about. How many people in an average congregation tithe in America? Only 10 to 25%. I thank God in this church that that's a lot higher. I don't keep personal records. I just know by the commitment that people make into leadership. They have to say, I will be a tither. Because if we can't, if God can't trust you with your money, how are we going to trust you with our money? Hello, you got to drive the van, you got to be an usher, you could be a greeter, work with the computer. If you're not trustworthy with what you got in your wallet, how, how are you going to be trustworthy with what we got here? Amen? So that's one of our requirements. And so I know it's higher than that, but look at what's going on in the nation 10 to 25%. Only 5% of all Americans tithe. So 95% of people you know in your life, basically nine out of ten, they would think this message is ridiculous. Even though I spent the whole time trying to show it wasn't about this church and money and all that, they'll still walk away going, oh, it's about money. Or if you went and told them, man, I was re- like, what'd you do over the weekend? I got drunk. They're gonna expect you to think that's cool. But if you're like, man, I learned about giving away my money and helping build the kingdom of God. You're crazy. What's wrong with you? So if I would have backed it up at the club, got drunk, I would have got a high five. I believe in helping others and doing charitable deeds through my church. I'm crazy. See, the world has lost its mind, has it not? With 80% of Americans only giving 2% of their income. Think about that. Now... 80% of America only gives 2% of their income to God. Do you think that's only, uh, do you think that only uh, 80% of Americans, let me say it like this, do you think that in America, 2% have cable? How many Americans do you think have cable? How many percent? took me a little while to figure that equation out, but now I got a good one for you to think about. How many Americans do you think percentage-wise have cable? Probably at least half. Only 5% are giving ties. Do you know, and this is not here, do you know that we spend more on dog food, dog food, in America than we do on foreign missions to help preach the gospel to unreached people groups? Just if you don't understand that, think about your own life. Just right now, make it personal. In the last month, just think of the last month that just passed, May, how much did you give to your pet? Everyone that has a pet, just think about what you gave. I had to buy some, tra- some treats for them. You know, I had to get some food for them. Maybe you had to go to your veterinarian that, that month or whatever. This last month, how much did you spend on your pet? Somebody might say $10, $15. How much did you give for the gospel to go around the world? We give more to dog food than we do to the foreign mission field. Let's keep going. Look at this. Christians are only given 2.5% of their per capita income. And during the Great Depression, they gave 3.3%. So people are like, times are hard, Pastor, times are hard. On average, as Christians, we're giving less now than people were in the Great Depression. What's our excuse? I don't think there's many that hold up if, at all. If all Christians, let this blow your mind today, in the U.S., tithed, just gave their 10%, not even after their 10% an offering, which most Christians all agree that's what we're supposed to do. It's not just what this pastor made up. We all agree we give 10% and then we ask God what to do above that. If the Christians just gave 10%, we would have $165 billion for the churches to use and distribute. Now let me just pause right here and say this. I understand that some people have a problem to give because of the churches they've been with. And I understand that brings reproach. Sometimes when I tell people I'm a pastor, it's as if they just heard me say, I hate your grandma. Like, what do you do for a living? I hate your grandma. I'm a pastor like that's what they hear like when I say I'm a pastor they hear I hate your grandma because they get so upset why because of all these other things that pastors have done they put on me well I used to go to a church and then this pastor did this and he was driving a Rolls Royce and then the what the ceiling was leaking water and then the people were hypocrites and then they did this and they did this and so and so and so I'm not going to church ever again I ask them, have you ever gone to McDonald's and not like what they serve you? Yeah, yeah. Have you stopped eating skinny? Because if you go to a bad restaurant and you don't like what they serve, do you stop eating? No. What do you do? You go to another restaurant like Borinca's. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. Central Euros right next to it. I love Chicago. That's how I gained all this weight. Amen. The difference between a senior pastor and a youth pastor. Adam the handsome man singing. What's the difference between a senior pastor and youth pastor? 25 pounds. We've been around fellowshipping a lot longer. Okay. So you don't like where you've given money before? Find a new place to give your money so that you can sit back and be proud of what your church does. We have two vans that pick up people on Sundays. Are you proud of what your church does? We have free midweek children's ministries called Royal Rangers and Impact, which is like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, which is free, and we will scholarship their uniform, their badges, and parents, you don't even have to be here, you can just drop them off, and we pick up around 20 students from the west side every week. Everything at Bodiqua Fest is F R E E free. Are you proud of what your church does? Are you proud of the things we're offering? Okay? So if we all gave tithes, one hundred sixty five billion. Now watch what we could do in one calendar year in America, folks. Watch what we could do. Twenty five billion would end world hunger, starvation, and deaths preventable uh that the uh, death that comes from starvation. 25 billion in world hunger right now. 12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in just five years because it's going to teach them how to read. You know, we got to take some time. But right now, we could start the programs, bam, it would be over. Across the globe, 15 billion would solve the world's water and sanitation problems. And specifically at places where 1 billion people on the planet, there's 7 billion. So 1 out of 7 billion people live on less than $1 a day. 15 billion, we could end right now the problems with water. One billion. One billion. What Dr. Dre made off of headphones and an app that he sold to Apple, one billion dollars would fund the entire mission field overseas. Every nation would have a Bible. Every tribe right now would have a preacher. We could fund the mission movement. How much would we have left over? A hundred billion. $65 $65 billion, we could end the world's major problems right now. Where have we got messed up, friends? Where have we been deceived? See, the devil tried to tell us it's our money. Do with it what you want. And when you give it, make a big deal out of it. Like I've had people come up to me like, Pastor, <clears throat> Pastor, can I talk to you? Okay, what are we going to talk about? Pastor, I want to give $1,000. How do I do that? Well, Steve, and this no, is my funny name, Steve. There's nobody really named Steve, by the way. Steve, this is a funny inside joke, you know what I'm saying? Steve, you take the envelope, you put your name on it, and you put the $1,000 in it, and you drop it in the bucket like everybody else. Oh. Oh. Well, I just wanted you to know I'm dropping it in the... No! Just put it in the bucket, Steve! Like they wanted me to stop the service. And here comes Steve. He's wearing his Gucci jeans and his jewelry. Here he comes. This is church, Steve! This ain't the club! You know what I'm saying? Like they want the special seat in the club like in church. This is where Steve gave $1,000... No, and the Bible said that the woman who gave the mite gave more than them all. Why? Because she gave out of her poverty. So God don't even look at it like he's impressed. He's looking at your heart. Somebody gives the best they have today. It's only a few dollars, but that's what God said, and it's your best. God says you're blessed. You give your best, you're always blessed. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, your promises to bless your people. Look at your neighbor and say, that wasn't so bad. Hey, man, we talked about money in church, and it wasn't that bad. Band, would you guys come on up here, please? We're going to close out today. And we're going to close out by taking an offering. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now it's time to give. No pressure, but lock the doors, ushers. Lock the doors. Now, here's the good part about Metro Praise International. We teach and we believe you follow and obey. We don't check up on it. We're not here to make it happen. We're just saying what God said. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what he said. Amen. Amen. Let's close out by reading the scripture, and then let's make sure we're going to pray and do it. Okay? Can you put it up there for everyone to see? My job as a preacher is to have this make sense. It's the scripture that we read today at the beginning. Matthew 6 at the top, please. My job as your pastor is to teach and explain this. As we read it again, as we started with it, do you understand it? Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Let's pray. Altar workers, would you come? Oh, Father, we just wanted to hear what your son said this morning. I pray that whatever was of your word will stay in their hearts. Whatever was of my opinion, may it be forgotten. Lord, now as your disciples, we commit to do what you've said to do. We want to give and help this world. We want to make a difference. To do that, God, we need to be blessed. We first have to receive. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us. Every person here that's looking for a job, I don't want to embarrass you in any way, but would you just raise your hand as a sign of surrender to your Father, Just raising your hand, as the Bible says in holy prayer. I just want to pray for those looking for employment. Lord, I pray that you will bless those here that are looking for jobs. Maybe some are still struggling from the recession. Maybe their industry has closed and they need to get uh, into a new field of work. Lord, I pray you bless them. Maybe others, God, are looking for something new. Uh, They're getting trained to do it. God, whatever their heart is, I pray that you set them, God, in that path and bless them. Now, if you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I have a job, but I need increase on my job. Would you now join me by raising your hands too and just say with me, God, I need you to bless me. Lord, I pray you bless them. Somebody on that job will probably get a raise. Somebody on that job will get a new client or a new position. Lord, we pray it's them. We pray it's your people so that they can give it away what they receive and provide for their family. Now, all those here who just want to be blessed to be a blessing, would you just raise your hands? Come on, Holy Ghost, calisthenics, keep them raised, and now just say, Lord, bless me to be a blessing as I pray for you. In your own words, come on, ask him, Lord, bless your people, bless your people, oh God. Oh Lord, bless their children and their children's children. Bless their homes, bless their jobs, Lord, their education. Let their hearts, God, always be set on you. May they seek first your kingdom. Heal broken hearts from discouragement. For those who are getting weak and tired, God, heal them, encourage them. And let us be a generous people. Let us redefine what it means to be generous in this age. Let us redefine what a church is in this age. And lastly, Lord, we ask You to bless our nation again. We ask You to be with our soldiers who protect our freedom both here and abroad. Our civil servants, God, our governmental leaders. Would You rid us of corruption? The love of money in governmental office, rid us of that corruption in businesses where where they oppress the poor only to make more money. God, we pray for a healthy economy built on righteous principles and righteous government. We pray for you to bless our troubled neighborhoods, God. That what people call the inner city, what people call gang-infested areas would be revitalized by your church. That there would be programs and churches and opportunities to change communities, God. For young and old alike. Bless your city here, God. Bless this nation, God. And lastly, Lord, Would you just pray with me, saints, for a nation that God puts on your heart? And lastly, Lord, we pray for the gospel to go from the east, the west, the north, and the south. We pray for the glory of the knowledge of God to cover this earth as the waters cover the sea we lift up nations like China that God you'll keep sending missionaries you'll keep preaching through your people North Korea God set them free from the oppression of a fascist leader Oh God in Pakistan Indonesia Afghanistan a Kazbekistan the Islamic 1040 window Oh God with these Muslim mullahs and Oh God leaders repent and see visions Oh, God, may they see visions to you at the Kaaba, Lord, at Mecca, God. We pray for these nations, God, in Central and South America, where there's kidnapping all for money, where there's guerrilla warfare for drugs and money. We pray for missionaries to stand strong to change the nation through prayer, oh, God. In Mexico, in Colombia, oh, God. In Honduras, oh, God. Bolivia, Argentina, God. Brazil, Jesus. It's not about us. It's about you. Would you tell them that one more time in closing? It's not about me, God. It's about you. My life for your glory. Come on, tell them, saints, 30 more seconds. It's all about Jesus. Use us, God. Use us, Jesus. Use us, oh God, to change the world. From wherever we are today, use us to make a difference. Can you say amen? Would you hold the hand of the person next to you? We're going to pray like a family. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, I'm about ready to give you my credit card so you can give like you always dreamed about giving. (laughs) No, seriously, look at your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, I'm going to pray that you be a generous giver. Now keep your word as I pray over this congregation. Pray over your neighbors. Father, we just pray we'll all be blessed to be a blessing. Bless every person here. May every family be blessed, every job, every student, every young person, for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, can you bless them one more time? Come on, if you love Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Lord. Woo! Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, Be